Hello and welcome to Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast, where we are learning to turn our eating habits into a spiritual practice. I'm Sensei. I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, my supporters, my clients, and my students. Without your support, I simply couldn't do what I do. I'm excited about today's episode, so with no further ado, let us begin. The number of troubles that we see in the world today, the things that we call problematic, wars, economic injustice, gender discrimination, climate change, political, social, and racial strife, the list goes on and on. And as we witness this, it is quite normal to ask the question, why so many troubles? It is natural to feel that these are troubling times. That both the quantity and quality of life seems to be so difficult. We have more technology. We have more things. Yet, there seems to be something wrong. And so regularly, I find myself in a position of hearing people say and lament the current day and times. Their minds are not at ease. Their hearts are heavy. And when we look at the carnage and the disregard for human life and dignity, when we look at the greed, it's so appropriate, it seems, to say that we are living in troubling times. That the world is in trouble. And that the existence, the literal existence, the biological existence of human beings is at stake in a way and perhaps it has never been before. I did a little experiment recently. This was maybe two or three months ago, something like that. I went online and I don't read headlines and, and do all that because unfortunately there are enough people who are tuned in to all the doom and gloom, shall we say, that, you know, whether it's through emails or conversations or text messages I hear about it all. 
But in any case, I went online and I said, I'm going to conduct an experiment. I actually want to just plug in some words to the search engine and see what comes back. And of course, there's no need to plug in violence and death and uh, things of that nature because they're, they're populated to the top all the time. What I did is I plugged in the word love. I plugged in words like peace, happiness, words like this, joy. And what I saw come back, the majority, overwhelming majority, was always the use of that word in a negative context. And what do I mean? That as it re relates to love, for example, it, it would talk about divorces and bad relationships, etc. I put in joy. It's, you know, this is overrated. This was not a joyful moment. It was supposed to be a great event. And then, you know, there was a shootout or this or that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that even when you try to engage with the quote unquote world in a way that is not troubled, it seems to bring you troubles. So with that in mind, and it seems as though that this is coming up more and more recently, I felt like I needed to say something. And I sometimes will just completely change what I intended to speak about in a particular episode if I believe that a certain topic, sentiment, or energetic um, expression seems to be flowing in the consciousness of people. And so, yes, who we are. How do we have a calm mind in troubling times? Well, I'm going to engage with a contemplation for you today, a contemplation about this phenomenon, troubled mind, troubled times, a calm mind. What does all of this mean? Well, I want to share with you something that I often have used in my counseling sessions and the sanghas. And it is a rather technical, when I say technical, not because it's difficult to understand, but a very specific, maybe that's a better way to say it, a very specific use of the word. When I say world, when people say the world is troubling, I use the word world in a way that is probably not in common use. And I have to share this with you so that as you engage in the contemplation that I set up for you here, that you'll have some context, some clarity right from the get-go about what it is that we're actually examining. And so for me, this word world is simply all the concepts and ideas that you paste onto your experiences. All of the concepts, all of the ideas that you paste onto your 
experiences. So the things that you hear, I like this sound, I don't like this sound. Things that you eat, this is delicious, this I find distasteful. The things that you see, this is beautiful, this is ugly. And we know that each time a sense organ makes contact with a corresponding sense object, meaning when ear meets sound, taste meets flavor, sight meets a form, that immediately, and due to habit, you make some judgment. Okay, so this is the world. Please take this in, take it slowly. It's very important for you to get this or else the rest of the contemplation will be difficult for you to follow. I'm going to say it again, that most people, when they're talking about the world, they're talking about those parade of horribles that I just started with at the top of this podcast. The wars, the famine, the greed, etc. And they say the world is in a troubled state. And here I'm saying to you is that what you're calling the world and what the world actually is are not the same thing. Think about that. What you're calling the world and what the world actually is, is not the same thing. Are you with me? The world as I defined it is all of the ideas and concepts that you have that you paste onto the experiences that you have. Very fine distinction, but one that very well could mean the difference between a calm mind and a troubled mind. So what are we to do then as human beings with these emotions, these ideas and concepts? You might say, Sensei, well, of course I do that. Of course I judge certain things and we should judge certain things. I should like this and dislike that. Well, that's debatable. Most people who subscribe to this point of view think that if there is no lack of judgment about what happens, quote unquote, in what they're calling the world, then they either lack some sense of caring or will be seen as callous or indifferent. Or, as I've heard people say to me many times, life wouldn't be as juicy <laughs> without all the emotions flowing around and this and that and the ups and downs and etc. Yet, those same individuals and perhaps many of you who are listening to me right now, maybe you're one of these individuals, may hold that sentiment. And at the same time, though you're troubled, 
by those same exact ideas and com uh, concepts. The world as it is, the world as concepts and ideas that you attach to your experiences. Well, how is it then that one could see the real world? It's a natural question in this contemplation as we go along. What is the real world? Is it a world other than what I am perceiving? Sensei, you just said that the world that I'm perceiving and the world that is, is not the same. Next level of nuance in this contemplation. Relax, breathe. Tell the ego to take a hike for a moment. Whatever objections are arising in you right now, table them, please. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, if the world is not what you perceive it to be, that it's something other than that, then what is the real world and how can I change it? Well, the world that you perceive, the world that you are co-creating, by the way, including, yes, including some of the things that you perhaps feel you have nothing to do with. The things that trouble you that you see in the world, quote unquote, I didn't start that war. I don't discriminate against people. I don't do this. I don't do that. All exculpatory, uh, exculpatory language, correct? Not me. If those people would just stop doing that, everything would be better. And if they would start doing that, then everything would be better. This is what happens. This subtlety that is missed in terms of our own participation, our own lack of authentic analysis and self-talk becomes one of a passive, even though you think you're being active, of passive indifference. And you say, no, 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 I get upset when I see this happen or that happen. And, and you know, I, I don't like these things and I'm troubled by what's happening. Okay. But we're getting at to what is actually troubling you? Do you hear me? We're getting at what's actually troubling you. That's what this contemplation is about. If you saw the world differently, meaning if you could suspend the ideas and concepts and the feelings about those ideas and concepts about the quote unquote real world 
would you still be troubled? Would you still say we are living in troubling times? No, you would not. So we have to begin to ask the question then, is it that we are, are we living in troubled times or is your mind troubled? Are we living in troubling times or is your mind troubled? Now, if the ego still has a hold of you, you're going to anchor, you're going to dig in and say, no, the world is troubling and that's what's causing my mind not to be calm, not to be clear. For those of you who are maybe moving in this contemplation, maybe not so attached to the ego, you'll probably say, well, sensei, it's a little bit of both, <laughs> right? You want to sit on the fence and say, yeah, it's a little bit of this. The world is actually troubling and my mind is a little bit troubled. And I can kind of see that not all of that is the troubling is that of the world. Some of it is just me. But how do we get to the point where we can say, you know, the world is not troubling. It is my mind that is troubled. And that trouble, I can actually do something about that would then have an impact on the world that I see. And the world that you co-create. I was hesitant to go with this contemplation over a podcast episode because there's a lot of people who may miss the nuance of what's happening. But I believe that the upside is that this is recorded. You can listen to it as many times if you, as you like and go through the contemplation very slowly. We're looking at the, the world, quote unquote. We've raised this kind of view that the world that I'm perceiving and the world that is are not necessarily one and the same. What is clouding me from seeing the world as it is are these ideas and concepts that I am applying to what I see. And when these types of troubled minds become compounded, then the quote unquote truth value of how I see the world seems evident. I'm not the only one who says that the world is troubled. My neighbor says it. My partner says it. My colleagues say it. My friends say it. If you don't say that the world is troubled, something's wrong with you. And so we are directly refuting that because we're going to something much deeper. We're going into our own 
experience of mind and what is arising there as a result of sensory perception, sensory contact with other phenomena. Is the world troubling or is your mind troubled? Last phase of this introduction to this contemplation. If your mind were calm, if your mind were not troubled, would the world that you perceive still be troubling? Reflect upon this for a moment. A knee-jerk reaction would say, well, yes. Sit with this. If your mind were calm, if your mind were able to not superimpose ideas and concepts about what is troubling and what is not troubling upon that which is presented to it, which that volition and that activity is your own doing. Would you still say that the world is troubling? And if what you're perceiving and what you see, the greed, the anger, the hate, all of these types of things, and I ask you now, why are you troubled by that? Many of you will respond, well, I ought to be because I have a heart, because I have feelings. That's wrong. It's an injustice. And the list goes on. And I'm challenging you today to look past those socially acceptable um, ideas and concepts for something deeper that I'm sure will unlock in you the ability to go from being troubled to not being troubled. And again, this will not lead to indifference. If you enter into the door of indifference, you've been duped. You've been bamboozled. If you engage with this contemplation properly, you should arrive at a place of compassion. And from that place of compassion, there can be no indifference. There can be no inactivity. And in fact, whatever you may be doing to change some of these 
things that you believe that need, need to be changed in the world, that you will discover new and fresh ways to address those issues. And if you're doing nothing but worrying about it, are you one of these types who sends a text message and an email in whatever form of communication, something over social media, every time there's something that happens? Oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Did you, did it, are you one of those people? If you are, know that you're troubling other people's minds. Because your mind is troubled. And unless you intend to do something about these things that you're sharing and not hide behind some feigned uh, duty to share with people what's happening in the world without actually doing anything to relieve what you perceive to be troubling, then don't do that. Don't do that. This is the contemplation. A calm mind in a troubling world. Is the world actually troubling? Or is your mind troubled? And if your mind is troubled, why is it troubled? And is there anything you can do about that troubled mind that would not lead you into a place of indifference or aloofness about the suffering that you perceive. That's the contemplation. Take your time, write something down. These are the things that trouble me. Next column, Why am I troubled by this? What are the concepts and ideas that I have about this that I say are troubling? Be methodical, be slow. But this is how true contemplative work is. There is no quick fix. If you want to actually develop a calm mind in what you perceive to be a troubling world, this is the way to do it. Take your time, and I trust that this will be one of the most fruitful contemplations you can do in these days and times. And that concludes this episode of Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me today. I also want to quickly mention several ways in which you can support my work. One, wherever you're listening to this podcast or this episode right now, if there's the ability to leave a review or a five-star rating, I would definitely appreciate that. Secondly, if you'd like to learn more about my background, my books, the services that I offer, where my social media sites are, or you'd like to invite me to speak publicly, please visit plantpoweredbuddhist.com. You can do all of that there. Third, if you have a family member, a friend, or a colleague who you think would benefit from my content, 
please share this episode or my podcast with that person or those people. Lastly, in this episode that you just listened to, there is a clickable link. And if it's not clickable, you can cut and paste it into your browser. That will take you to a page where you can begin to support my work monetarily on a monthly basis for as little as $1 a month. If you could find it in your heart to do any of those things, I would deeply appreciate it. Until next time, peace and blessings.